this morning. My name's Helen, and I am your host this morning. Hi, Mark. <laughs> you may be having a feeling of deja vu because um, I hosted two weeks ago, Sean preached two weeks ago, Katie led worship two weeks ago, and it's all over again, but I promise it will be different. Um, Katie assures me we're not doing the same song list, so it's okay. If you, it's your first time here, you're very welcome. We're very pleased to see you. I'm sure you've been welcomed by our welcome team. They are fab at making sure that everyone knows where to go and um, what's happening. We love to have contributions. So if you have got a prayer or a word or a prophecy, please come and use the microphone. It just helps everybody to hear and helps it to be on the recording for those listening back at another time. So as I said, Sean's preaching. Uh, later on, on what is he preaching on? <laughs> Go on, a little test. Well done, Jesus some religion. Well done. <laughs> I'm glad you're all with me this morning. Um, yes, yeah, so that'll be a bit later on, and then we'll have tea and coffee afterwards. Children, a few children in the building this morning. Welcome. Um, it's week four of half term. We've just got to the end of week four. Yay! I call it hump week. You know, Wednesday's hump day, isn't it? We've got over the middle part of this first half term, so well done. Are you feeling tired, children? Yeah, I'm feeling a bit tired too. Three weeks till half term. So you'll be going to your groups a bit later on. Katie will let you know um, when it's time to go down. If you are new with children, then follow the crowd, usually out that door, and um, folk downstairs will direct you to the right room for your aged children. So, over to Katie. Hello. Good morning, everybody. Um, if you are able and willing, can I encourage you to stand? And can I encourage us this morning? I don't know about you, but sometimes Sunday mornings, getting out of the house to get here on time gets a bit chaotic. Um, there's a half-drunk cup of tea on the side at home, you know, just... And I just... I think sometimes it's really easy to come in and we go straight into worship... And actually, we haven't taken a bit of time this morning to just prepare our hearts for what God wants us to hear this morning. So can I encourage you, just before we start singing, before we do anything, you might want to lift your hands, you might want to close your eyes, however you're comfortable. Let's just take a few moments and ask God, what do you want me to hear this morning? What do you want to use me for this morning? Is there a contribution you want me to bring? What do you want me to hear this morning? Father, our greatest desire is to come into your presence, is to be with you, to have you here among us, to hear from you, to know you, to feel your goodness, feel your love, to feel your joy in this place. And Father, we do ask that you would come and you would presence yourself with us this morning as we worship, as we look to hear from God this morning. We ask that you would come and you would presence yourself with us.
It's amazing what you can do when your batteries are on, isn't it? Um, it's good to be singing that praise, isn't it, to God this morning. But sometimes we feel a bit low, don't we? And Sarah's, Sarah said to me as we were getting in the car, we've got a hanging basket just right where we, we get into the car. And she said, oh, I had to feed that yesterday because it was looking a bit dead. And I thought, wow, sometimes we don't look dead, but we definitely feel it. And... Um, I don't know whether you feel like that this morning. Well, I, I thought, well, after what was said about sharing and stuff, I thought I'd better share that with you. And I opened my Bible. I was looking for the Bible on the word on the Holy Spirit coming in, filling us. But God gave me this, and I've got to find the glasses to read it. It's in Romans 8. It's entitled the, the verse, the chapter, Life in the Spirit. So there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus, for the power of life-giving spirit has freed you through Jesus Christ from the power from the power of sin that leads to death. And that's what we need this morning, isn't it? We need life and power. So that's, we're here, aren't we? And Jesus is here. Just ask him this morning for his life-giving power. Ask Jesus to come in and touch your life this morning. Because we don't want to be in the valleys, do we? We want to be up, in the, up on the hills worshipping him. Just to follow on from Chris there. As Katie asked us just to be before God right at the start, I felt, I just had a, a reminder, a picture of the seaside and the sea, how it washes the sand clean. But there's a point where the tide doesn't go and all the rubbish is left there. And I felt God just remind me of how he is willing and able to cleanse our lives. But we need to press into him. You know, the, the bits above the tide line don't get cleaned away, but the bits below get washed away. And God just wants us to press in this morning to him, to, to ask him to, to cleanse us. But there's a step from us, a step of obedience, a step of, uh, you know, yielding ourselves to him so that he would uh, come and cleanse us and transform us and renew us. And as Chris says, bring us new life, his spirit within us. And just before we continue, I just want to pray very briefly. Lord, we thank you that you are such a good, good father, that you love us, you delight in us, and you're, you're, you're for us. You long to enable us and encourage us and to build us up, to, to clear out the rubbish from the past. And I pray, Lord, even this morning as we continue to worship you, we would draw near with a, with a desire, with our hearts open to you, to, to know that cleansing of your spirit within us, that transforming power, that renewing, that new life that only comes from you. Help us, Lord, to yield, I pray, to soften our hearts and give it to you, our lives to you, as we worship you, Lord. Amen. We are going to let our children and young people go downstairs to their groups now. As Helen said, if you're new with us, not been here before, 
most children exit via that back door and I'm sure there'll be somebody that would be willing to help you find the right group. If you're able and willing, would you like to stand again?
grateful for of his goodness. If you're in a place where you're struggling to see that, ask him to show you. Ask him to reveal his goodness to you.
You stay standing if you're able to. I just feel, as we've been singing that song, I feel God wants to come and minister his love to some people here. And so if you need to know the love of God today, why don't you reach out your hands? That's just a way of saying, I'm here, Lord, I want to receive. Uh, and I'm going to pray that for us. But you know, ultimately, it's God who answers prayer. If you need to know the love of God, just reach out. And why don't you start telling him what, what you need is. Thank you, Father. Thank you. You love every single person in this room, regardless of what we've done. <laughs> it's not about how good we've behaved or how much we've achieved or any of those other things. You love us because you are love and because you choose to love us and you've placed your love on us in Christ. And we want to say thank you. You love us, Lord. And we're just here and... Lord, it's nice to know we're loved. <laughs> and we need to top up. Father, we want to receive some of your love. So would you come and just pour it into our hearts by your spirit right now? Receive your love. Receive the love of God in Christ. Even now, it's just whispering into some people's hearts and minds how you're precious, how you're loved, how he's chosen you, how he delights in you. <laughs> For others, you're just aware, you're feeling a little bit weepy. <laughs> you think, what's wrong with me? That's the love of God coming on you. Oh, just receive it. Say thank you and receive a bit more. And a bit more. God loves us. Every single one of us. Let it sink deep into your spirit. Let that truth penetrate deep into our spirits. It's not about what I do. It's not about what I know. God loves us. You. Even you. Receive it. Let that truth penetrate heart and mind. Oh. thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you that we can know the love of God because of all that you've done thank you we can come into a real relationship with our father our father our perfect father in heaven how precious that is how wonderful that is Your love never fails, never gives up, never runs out on me. Your love never fails, never gives up, never runs out on me. Your love never fails, never gives up, never runs out on me. Receive it. Your love never fails, never gives up, never runs out on me thank you father thank you lord we receive your love
to Sean now, who's going to bring God's word for us. Thank you, Sean. 
Thank you, Katie, and uh, the rest of the band. That was great, and thank you for everyone that's contribu contributed so far this morning. It's one of those days I'm struggling with my words, I'm afraid. So the, the, the tw 25 minute preach is going to be about 40 minutes. <laughs> right, before I start though, um, I just want to bring a quick plug for uh, Commission Festival. I'm sure uh, many of you here have already signed up for Commission uh, Festival 2024, which is uh, next August. Uh, Thursday the 22nd to Monday the 26th. It's a bank holiday weekend. Uh, what is it, if you don't know? Well, it's a Bible weekend down at the Bath and West showground where uh, a number of us um, from the church head down there. Um, and it's an opportunity for great Bible teaching and worshipping together with, with, as a church, but with other many, many other churches in the Commission uh, family. There's brilliant kids' work and youth work, um, opportunity to fellowship together as a church and to meet up, as I said, with other commissioned churches. Now, as a church, we provide a central marquee for us, a drink station, and all food um, can be provided as well for a small cost. You can uh, camp with us. Or, if you don't want to do camping, you can stay off-site in a and b or a hotel, or even potentially drive there each day. Now, we would love you to join us. We're at 2023, um, just a few weeks ago, the Commission Festival, we had a fantastic time, a real opportunity to fellowship together. And we just encourage you, if you haven't signed up yet, please do. Um, the reason I'm kind of telling you now is that there's the first price rise at the end of this month. So it go, the price goes up on the 1st of November. So, but the good news is if you sign in now, um, you pay an initial deposit, and then you don't actually have to pay anything more until June. Or you can pay smaller amounts over a period of months. And if you choose to serve at Commission Festival, then there's a, a minimum of a 40% discount. So uh, now if... Money or camping gear is an issue. Uh, please come and speak to me, and maybe we can work something out. Um, and for any further information, please uh, visit the Commission website or speak to myself. Okay, that's the plug. Right, we're moving on. Jesus and religion. So you, you've obviously, if you've been here now for a few weeks, you've grasped that we are uh, doing a Jesus and series. And we're moving on to this morning to Jesus and religion. But before we do that, I've got a piece of, I've got a chocolate bar here that I want to give away. But you're going to have to earn it. There is a quiz. It's only a very small one. I'm going to ask you to work out what something is and... I need you to put your hand up, so no calling out, so you don't win a prize if you call out. First person to put their hand up will be asked. If they get it wrong, there'll be a, a further number of clues until we get to the answer. So, it's not broken, it's a duo, okay? <laughs> so 
So I'm not waving a broken bit of chocolate here. It is a duo. So it could be shared. Yes. There you go. Okay. So, reminder, put your hand up. First person put the hand up and I will hopefully see you and ask you. Okay, first question then. It lives in Africa. Any guesses? Come on, it's a bar of chocolate. No. It's very large. Now you can't just keep, you've got to wait for, go on then, Chris. And no, it's not a rhinoceros. You have to wait for the next question before you put your hand up. It has big teeth. I know, people are shouting out, come on. A what? Hippopotamus. Let's see. Lives in rivers. Sometimes called a river horse. A hippopotamus. There you go, John. Come on. Now, I'm not going to throw it because then it'll be in more bits than it is already. There you go. Brilliant. Okay. Why are we talking about hippopotamuses? See, the thing is that if you give enough clues, everyone, pretty much, who's ever heard of a hippopotamus will know that's what it is. You know, and if you asked them what it was, they would give some of those clues, you know, Africa, river, maybe big teeth, huge animal, those kind of things. A hippopotamus is pretty easy to describe, and we all get it, don't we? But what is religion? You, know, you can go online and type in what is religion, and you'll get countless things on Google and all these different uh, web searches. People have got different ideas of what religion is. And unless, if we want to explore what Jesus said about religion, we need to have a good idea of what religion really is. Because if we're, if we're all on different pages, and then I said, Jesus says this about religion, you're going, oh, I'm not sure if I agree with you. He may not agree with me anyway, but let's try to be on the right page. See, if you look on the web, you can find that Jesus is against religion. Jesus is positive about religion. Christianity is a religion. Christianity isn't a religion, it's a relationship. I want to start with two uh, dictionary definitions. I hope you can read them. I'll read them out. The first one from Collins Dictionary. Religion, a particular system of belief in a god or gods and the activities that are connected with this belief, such as praying or worshipping in a building, such as a church or temple. And then Merriam-Webster says this. It's a personal set or institutionalised system of religious attitudes, beliefs and practices. So even from these very simple definitions, we can get this. Religion is a belief in God. It involves prayer and worship. It involves meeting together. And it's concerned with attitudes and practices. Now, it's been a little bit of a journey for me, because if you'd said to me, Sean, 
is Christianity a religion? I'd have said, no, no, it's a relationship. But actually, if you take this plain and simple definition, Christianity is a religion. You see, the reason for why I felt that Christianity wasn't a religion was because I didn't like my version or my faith to be tainted by religious zealots who, who maybe carried out atrocities in the name of a god. But actually, religion is just a neutral word. It's a description of what we've just been talking about. So, but if religion is just a word describing belief in a God, then Christianity is a religion. But it's still a relationship. Still not sure? Let's look at one of the few places in the Bible that uses the word religion. Uh, this is interesting because actually if you, if you go to, I use Bible Gateway online, if you type in religion, you only get about half a dozen hits where it says religion. Most of them are in the New Testament. In fact, all of them, I think, are in the New Testament. And most of them are actually quite, they have a positive and negative side to them. James says this in chapter 1, verses 26 and 27. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. So here we see uh, in James, religion is either worthless or pure and faultless in God's eyes. It depends on how it is lived out. And there are other, a few other passages in the New Testament that talks about you know, religion in a positive. So let's look at some of the areas where Jesus commented on the negative actions of the religious leaders, the Pharisees. You see, actually, it's, Jesus didn't call anything religion, but he talked to religious leaders and he gave direction as to how to worship God and to pray these things that we talk about as being part of religion. We'll also look at some of Jesus' positive comments on what is right in God's eyes. And obviously, We've only got a short time this morning, so it'll only be a few things. But we're going to look at two areas this morning. So I've, I've labelled them, if you like, negatives and positives. But in a sense, when Jesus is talking negatively to the Pharisees, he actually then brings a positive out of it. So in a sense, it's positives and positives. But we'll keep it simple. Negatives and positives. Okay, so we're going to be looking then at how Jesus is talking to the religious leaders of the time, the Pharisees, um, how they lived their lives and what Jesus thought of it, and how, what he told them as well. Okay, so moving on. Negatives then. We're going to do a few verses. Um, Matthew 23, verse 11. It says this, The greatest among you will be your servant. 
You see, the Pharisees, they loved the prestige. They loved people to greet them in their marketplace and say, hello, rabbi. They loved the best seats at the banquet to sit at the top table. And they loved to be served by others. But Jesus says, don't seek to be served, but to serve. So Jesus wants his disciples to serve others, to give of ourselves, our time, our money, our belongings, and to put others before ourselves. So you can see the contrast, the negative of the Pharisees, and Jesus brings the positive here of what actually he's calling his disciples to do. Moving on then in Matthew uh, 12, or go back if you like in Matthew 12, verse 7. If you had known what these words mean, I desire mercy, not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the innocent. Again, he's talking to the Pharisees. They were caught up in the letter of the law. They were happy to bring their animal sacrifices into the temple. And then for them, that was it. Well, I've done my bit. But in their heart, there was no mercy, no humility, no change within them. It was just a practice, uh, the letter of the law. And so, Jesus says, he wants to see mercy, not sacrifice. He wants, he's calling us to, to, to forgive and love not to do to others that they have done to us. Not to get caught up in just going through the motions. It's a heart thing to love others. Moving on then, we continue in Jesus uh, challenging the Pharisees. Luke sixteen thirteen. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. The Pharisees loved money. They loved to be rich, dressed finely, to live in the best houses. But it was their master. It was their God. They were deluded to think that they had the mastery over their possessions. But they were so wrong. Jesus calls it out. No one can serve two masters. He's calling us, he's calling his disciples, his children, to put God first, second, third, fourth. In fact, to only serve him. To hold our possessions lightly. Not to worship any other God. The final negative, if you like, Mark 7, verse 8. You have let go of the commands of God and are holding on to human traditions. The Pharisees had added to the law, to to God's law. And they were ignoring what God had said and were doing what they 
had interpreted it to mean. They had their own ideas about serving God. Again, Jesus is not happy with the way they're doing it, but instead, it's not man's way, but God's way. And we are called to seek God for our whole of our lives, to allow his Holy Spirit to guide us, not to put our own plans first, but his. Okay, so we move on then to, if you like, the positives Jesus uh, said to his disciples and, and to us. Mark 12, verse 30. I'm sure you all know this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. Jesus said this is the greatest commandment. To love him, to love God above everyone and everything. Nothing, nothing before God. And I, I would ask, is loving him our priority? Is it what we do at the start of each day? Lord, I want to love you today. I want to put you first. Mark 12, 31, the second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Jesus says, love your neighbor. Do we truly love those around us? Do we put them first, seek their good? Are our lives a demonstration of his love? Are we showing others that Jesus loves them? Two more. John 14, 21. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. Okay, Jesus said, receive and obey. Receive his commandments. A child is made aware of their parents' expectations and rules. So in a household, hopefully parents lay down certain rules. They, they have expectations of their children. And hopefully the children stick to those rules and expectations. As a child of God, we are to seek his guidance, to know his expectations for us, to receive his commands and live those out in our lives. We are called to obedience. Final one then. John 12, 26. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant also will be. My Father will honour the one who serves me. We are called to serve him. 
bit contentious now. Christianity is not a free ride to heaven. It's a calling to servanthood, to serve the one we call Lord and Saviour. Ooh, that's contentious, isn't it? But what about grace? Where does grace fit into all of this? Doesn't grace mean I'm free to make my own choices? Salvation is through grace alone. You know, we cannot earn our salvation. We can't because the price is too high. But it's a free gift from God. It is free. You see, Jesus came down from heaven. He lived as a man, a perfect life, and he allowed himself to be put upon a cross. His sacrifice for our sin. And because of his sacrifice, no further payment is required. If we accept Jesus as Lord and Saviour, repent of our sins and turn from our sinful ways, he receives us, forgives us, and makes us his children. It is saved by grace. And we will spend eternity with him if that is the decision we've made. How we choose to live our lives as Christians doesn't affect our salvation. If salvation is free, then what we do with our lives from then can't affect our salvation. If it did, that would be salvation by works. Nothing we do will repay the debt paid for us. And actually... Trying to pay the debt by works, actually it's an insult to God. Imagine receiving a birthday present and then trying to pay the giver for it. What an insult. Salvation is a gift to us. It is free, paid at such a cost by Jesus We choose to do these things out of love, not legalism. All of what Jesus, we've looked at, what Jesus said, his commandments, his call to obedience, his call to serve, we don't, he's not calling us to do these things because we must. He's calling us to do these things because we love to respond to the one who has saved us. To give back, not to pay back, but to give back of our lives because we love him so much and he did so much for us and has done so much for us. If we choose to serve or obey because we feel we must, 
or feel we should, this is called legalism. And this is what the Pharisees did. They obeyed because they felt they must, not because they loved or desired to serve God and share him with others. It is out of love that we serve God. It is out of love that we're obedient to his calling on our lives, that we go where he tells us, that we give what we have out of love, not out of legalism. It's our hearts welling up within us, that desire just to, to serve, to, to delight in and to know his delight over us. Okay, we're going to just summarize a little bit now. Our love, not legalism, our love should lead us to live our lives God's way. We choose to love him because he first loved us, because he died for us, because we are his children, because we have eternity to spend with him. Love the Lord your God. Love your neighbor. We love our neighbor not in our own strength, but out of God's love welling up within us. To be able to display what he has given us to them. Obey him. Not because we fear. Not because there are rules or regulations laid down and we must do it. But obey because we love, because we delight in him. And to serve him and others. Because he first loved us. So we started off talking about religion and what it means to be religious, if you like. And I wanted to finally look at what is Christianity? As you can see, it says a restored relationship with God. And that is at the very heart of what it means to be a Christian. To have our sins forgiven, to accept Jesus as our Lord and as Saviour. Restored. And received. Receive him, Jesus. Lord and Saviour. Notice the two words. It's not just Saviour, but Lord as well. Lord of our lives. It is a gift. It's not earned. You can't earn it. You can't pay it back. Receive it. Delight in it. Thank him for it. He gives it freely.
He seeks our love first and foremost. But yes, he does seek our obedience as well. So that his kingdom is furthered. That our lives are transformed. That our neighbors' lives are transformed. It's in our obedience that the church grows. It's in our serving that our communities are reached and lives are transformed through the power of the Spirit. But we are called to go, to be part of all that he's doing. Can I ask the band to come up? We're going to just spend a little bit of time worshipping, but also want to do a little bit of ministry as well. We are saved by grace. And I, I feel that it's an opportunity this morning to look at our lives and say, how have I been serving or not serving God? Have I been coming to church because I feel I must or because I delight in being with God and with his family? I feel there's a challenge here this morning. Are we being legalistic or is our, our life, our relationships based on love for him? It may be that there are things in our past that need to be dealt with where we've actually gone through the motions. We've done it because we felt we should but the relationship has been poor or wrong. Maybe you've not been merciful. You've not shown God's love. Maybe even disobedient. Maybe it's that you just want to love God more and experience more of his love and that passion and desire in your life to be able to give more of yourselves. Maybe it's you're desiring clear direction as to how you can serve him in love, not in legalism. And what we'll do is, uh, just, can we just start to pray quietly now, but I'm going to ask everyone to stand. I'm just going to pray into that a little bit. And I'd just like to invite you that if you... You know, feel the Holy Spirit speaking to you about some of these things, just to lay them before him. Ask him for his guidance, his help, his forgiveness, his healing, his restoring, his encouraging. And then once we've done that, we're going to enter a time of worship and I'm going to just invite uh, some folk down to the front um, who are willing to uh, prayer ministry team. And then if you'd like prayer, extra prayer to deal with some of these things, please do come down to the, the corner down here and ask folk to pray for you. It's a, a great opportunity just to deal with things in your life. But let's just take a moment before God and then I'm going to pray. Please feel free to say amen at the end. But 
Lord, we're, we're sorry for when we've walked our own path, when we've gone our own way, when we've done things in our own strength. But Lord, we're also sorry when we've endeavoured to do your things, but because we felt we must, not out of love, but out of legalism. Lord, I pray that we would see legalism in our midst, broken and cast out. Lord, where we've done things in the past because we were encouraged to do them as a duty, Lord, we're sorry. I pray that you would break those chains that bind us to legalism, that you would encourage us to be released, to love you because you first loved us, to, to trust you for every aspect of our lives, to give not because it's expected, but give because we want to and we delight in it and we enjoy it and we want to see you glorified and we want to see your church built and your neighbor, our neighbors' lives changed. Lord, you love us so much. We're not bound to duty. We're called, yes, to serve you and to be obedient, but because you love us and you restore us and you build us up and you equip us and you have plans for our lives and your thoughts for us are so beyond the number of sand on the seashore. You are such a good, good Father. And I pray, Lord, would you, would you build us up, you equip us and encourage us that we might be a church that follows you and delights in you and glorifies you. A church that puts you first loves you, Lord, and loves our neighbours, Lord. Amen. So as we just, we're going to spend time worshiping, please, a few folk, if you'd like, if you're happy to pray with people, please head down to the front now, just half a dozen folk. And if you'd like to be prayed for as well, please make your way down now. It could be you just want more of God in your life. You want to know his love more clearly. Or maybe there's things you do want to deal with. But please, head down here as we, as we worship God. I'm going to hand over to Katie. Thank you, Katie.
Thank you, Lord, that we do have a God who is full of grace and mercy. Thank you, Lord, that you love us. Amen. There's still a chance if you'd like prayer. Guys are waiting for you over here. Um, if you've got children downstairs, uh, we are finishing a little bit late, but they did know we were going to be late. If you are a parent with children downstairs and you want prayer, please make sure that you don't miss out. If there's someone you can ask to go and collect your children for you or get your children and then pass them on to someone else so you can receive prayer, that would be great too. A couple of notices. We have church meeting tonight. This is for anybody who um, is part of Harvest Church. It is for people who are um, looking in, people who have been part of us for a long time. Um, Here's some news, um, pray, updates. That is 7.30 tonight in this building. And then Tuesday, we have our hour of prayer again here, 8 o'clock, um, a time to meet together, worship and pray. Guests, thank you for being with us this morning. Hopefully you've got had a welcome pack with a Connect card inside. If you can fill that in and give it to someone in a yellow T-shirt or pop it in the uh, box over on the table there, that will help us to just um, seek you out and see if there's any way in which we can help you, help you to be part of us. And all of the details are in the update, which you get by email. If you don't get that and you like it, then please come and talk to Karen, who's at the front here in the green T-shirt. She'll make sure that um, you get that email going forwards. That is it. Tea and coffee in uh, the cafe area. And please um, yeah, do come in and receive prayer or ask someone who's next to you to pray for you if that's what you'd like. Thank you for joining us. <laughs>